Hi, my name's Eric Ferris, and you're... <laughs> Hi, everyone. Eric's not allowed to do this anymore. I'm Steve. And I'm Tyler. I'm Eric. Oh, shut the fuck up, Eric. <laughs> Eric Sorry. pre-gamed on the train home. I gotta do something for those listeners, train conductors yelling all the time. Like... Anyway, I'm Tyler, uh, also known as the Donkey Kong Anthology. <laughs> Uh, welcome to Wikipedia. So, for those of you who are not familiar with us, uh, we like to get together, have a few drinks, obviously whiskey in, in most of our cases, and, you know, flip through random pages on Wikipedia and learn something new, something random. So to start off, we'll all click on a random page on Wikipedia, and we'll discuss those pages that we land on, and then from those pages, jump to another page from there. So, before we get started, uh, what's everyone drinking tonight? Uh, so I found a whiskey called Rebel Yell. It's a Kentucky straight bourbon. It's okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty light, actually. Like, it's, it's very, very light, and the upfront taste is nice. It's, like, very light and kind of sweet. And then the end of it is just, like what it must feel like to not be a white man in Kentucky because <laughs> it just hurts. Jesus. On the opposite spectrum of the country, <laughs> I'm drinking a main drink called a burnt trailer. It's moxie soda mixed with uh, coffee flavored brandy. Coffee brandy. pretty fucking good. That's not whiskey. I, I don't feel like whiskey. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I did, did. I did. Pump okay, hold on. Hold on. I did. Breaks. I did do a few shots of whiskey before we got on here. What? So, That's what? What did you have worse. as shots? <laughs> Jameson. Of <laughs> my go-to. Ugh. I did pick up some new whiskey from. Uh, I'll talk about that next episode, though. Jameson, the whiskey of choice for twenty-three-year-olds who just graduated college and have no taste. Alphabeta, the fucking other language numeral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Uh, and I just picked up a bottle of Larceny. It's a nice. It's a nice bourbon. Pretty spicy, but also sweet. Is that when you burn down a house? No. <laughs> uh, this episode is gonna be a. Slide. I missed you guys so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been like three months. Oh, I'm allowed to what miss people doing. Can't shame me for that. Eric, there's plenty of things I can shame you for. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and hit that random article button and see what we get. All right, so I'll start off with mine this since it's probably awesome. probably going to be the most boring, but it is Convent Station in New Jersey. Is it a train station? Convent Station is an unincorporated community located within Morris Township in New Jersey. Oh, shit, that's where I'm from. Well, where I lived for a while. Really? Well, Morse County, yeah. Oh. Huh, that's interesting. Uh, I got Gurmuk Kar Kalsa, born in 1943 as Mary Mae Gibson. That is a name. Is that Indian? <laughs> She's a yoga teacher, a pioneer in the field of prenatal yoga. What well, does that sorry, mean? I'm... Oh, man, that... First of all, I had the question, what the fuck is yoga? But now I'm even, like, double... Hold on. Wait, did you just say? Did you just say what the fuck is yoga? Well, like I know from Street Fighter with the the oh the, the, the uh, 
Leo number the one, Dulcine. <laughs> number two, holy shit. I got Paragordius Paragord- oh, good, good uh, Various, also known as the Nematomorphs or Horsehair Worm, are known to control their definitive host to jump into a pool of water, thus allowing the adult worm to escape and reproduce. Bugs, 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 bugs. <laughs> My, parasites parasites that control your mind are fucking crazy. Like, I kind of want to read that just because I think that's a really cool subject. Let's learn about the bugs. We're gonna go see the movie called The Bugs Life. By the way, Eric, the pronunciation of that is probably Paragordius Various. Paragordius Various. Similar to nematodes. So I know nematodes from fucking The Simpsons. I thought you were going to say Spongebob for a moment. I thought he was going to say Doug. Oh shit, yeah, the fucking uh, high school mascot was a nematode. And I always wondered what the fuck that was. Alright, so... P. Various is usually found in water or wet areas. They're similar to nematodes, but are much longer and very thin. They're more than four inches longer and an 80th to a tenth of an inch in diameter. Holy shit, that's tiny. Very thin. Very thin. The worm's definitive hosts consist of grasshoppers, crickets, cockroaches, and some beetles. I'm reading about the life cycle of these worms. <laughs> they, just, they just swim around looking for something to fuck. They fuck. No penetration is necessary during copulation. The, the dude just releases his <laughs> sperm immediately. He's like, holy fuck a woman. Oh! So like, is this like the, so would this be the bug of little John, like Oskeet Skeet, you know, <laughs> to the windows to the wall. And that's what these dudes are doing. Like they're partying in a small lake. This, all right. We found spring break, the bug right here. It's, it's bugs are just like, you know what, we need to get to fucking water. So they take over a fucking somebody's brain to get over there. So immediately it's like, okay, cool. Spring break, 92. Yeah, I stole my dad's car, just like the bug stole, you know, Banjo the Bear. And then, you know, they get to the fucking pool. Like, oh, man, check it out. I'm in a fucking pool. You hop in, just like the bug pops out and hops in. And it's just like, all right, now I'm looking to get laid. And then Oscar's <laughs> It's an endless loop of ah, skeet, skeet, motherfucker. (laughs) I really like the fact that you likened a kid stealing their dad's car to go to spring break (laughs) with a parasite that takes over a grasshopper's brain. You got some fucking problems, all right? Man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Amongst the host species are grasshoppers, crickets, cockroaches, snails, mosquito larvae, and other small aquatic animals and insects. Mammals are not capable of being infected. However, dogs, cats, and even humans have been known to swallow adult worms accidentally. How the fuck you accidentally swallow a four-inch long worm? Look, man, they're really thin. So, P. various uh, could be found in a lot of different places. They could be found as far north as Canada... And as far south as Argentina. And the interesting thing is that uh, P. various has been found to withstand temperatures as cold as negative 70 d- degrees Celsius. Which means it could be frozen for weeks. And when it thaws out, it is still completely capable of infecting its next host. It's totally fine. It's like, yeah, whatever, we'll get back to it. Yeah, I just gotta, I just gotta warm up. I, I know, like, in, uh, when... Particularly, like, when they ship ants or something, like, there are a lot of times, like, they'll be shipped during the winter times, and they'll just, like, look like they're dead for a while, but you literally have to thaw them out. 
Didn't somebody do that with bees? I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure that like a lot of insects like with much simpler systems in their bodies can survive freezing and thawing. They just can. It's crazy. I just want to remember a story of you something something. Oh no! I shipped my brother two thousand ants for his birthday and didn't tell him. <laughs> Were they frozen? Like most of them did die, Aww. but still, most of two thousand ants still means there's about eight hundred ants alive and angry in his mailbox. <laughs> Like, I mean, how do they ship ants? Is it just like a box with like breathing holes in it? Or like, do they no, they just them? put it in like, they just put it in like a poster tube, dude. What? That's... Throw a couple shit. pieces of lettuce in there and that's it. That is literally it. That's insane. Holy fuck. Yeah. They're supposed to be like food for horned lizards. Like that's, that's a, a good meal for them. Huh. It's also a good prank. <laughs> The one thing that sucks about this page is there's almost no links elsewhere. Well, yeah, we kind of blew down. It on this one. We got parasites of insects, which means we can probably look into it. But then there's also suicide inducing suicide parasitism. inducing parasitism. Parasitism? Parasitism? Yeah, that's where we're going. Hell that's yeah. where we're going. It's kind of cheating, but since there's no links on here, really, we then... have to. Oh yeah, so it uh, it just links us to a category page. So oh. sixteen different parasites that cause suicide of the host that's insane that is 16 too many cockroach wasp the emerald cockroach wasp isn't that the one that takes over spiders oh god what we'll go there oh that sounds scary as fucking hell Uh, cockroaches not spiders that's still like could you imagine like having a zombie army of roaches at your command like fuck so the emerald cockroach wasps or the jewel wasp Sorry, I'm never. I I cannot pronounce wasp correctly. Wasp. Let's practice, Tyler. Hey. Wasp. Hey. Wasp. Hey. Hey. Wisp. Uh, jewel wasp. Uh, is a solitary wasp of the family Amplicidae. Amplicidae. Yeah. It is known for its unusual reproductive behavior, which involves stinging a cockroach and using it as a host for its larva. Fuck. Damn. Oh my god. I hate this. The wasp is mostly found in the tropical regions of South Asia, Africa, and the Pacific Islands. The flying wasps are more abundant in the warm seasons of the year. It was introduced into Hawaii in 1941 as a method of biocontrol. So they were trying to kill the... Never do this, guys. Do not ever bring any animal or plant or insect in a place it doesn't belong. Because you know what happens? It fucks everything up. Every time. Yeah, isn't like the like Asian carp or something like taking over the Mississippi River? Yeah, there's there's some species of fish that's like been slowly taking over various rivers in North America. Um, there's some rodent or small mammal that was accidentally introduced into Australia and has fucked everything up. Damn. I think like rat, like rabbits or something ter- dumb like that. That's that's crazy to me that like how delicate an ecosystem is. Yeah, you just throw something in there and everything goes, I don't know what that is. I'm not going to eat it. And the rabbit goes, well, fuck it. I know what (laughs) leaves are. I'm going to eat all of them. It's kind of interesting. Uh, There is a picture on the page uh, on the left called Wasp Walking on a Roach. And if you No, not walking on a roach. Walking a roach. Oh, sorry. Walking a roach. It looks like it's basically like stung the cockroach in the head and is basically just like, I guess, just controlling it and moving it around. That is, I, I, I hate this. 
It delivers an initial sting to a thoracic ganglion and injects venom to mildly and reversibly paralyze the front leg so it can't fight back. Then, where is it? It's a... It will sting it at a precise spot in the ganglia in the brain, so the section that controls the escape reflex. As a result of the sting, the roach will begin grooming extensively and then become sluggish and fail to show normal escape responses. Imagine being in a fight and getting so fucked up in the head, you're like, well, time to wash my hands. <laughs> just be like, yeah, well, like, I, I, I think I'll just sit down for a little while. That's fine. So, pretty much is what this wasp does... It's really fucked up. Oh, yeah, it like, is. You're just a fucking roach. And you're like, man, I'm having the best day of my life. I just had some pepperoni pizza that some jackass left. And, you know, <laughs> strutting down the fucking street. And then along comes this fucking wasp. Fucking headbutts you. Then stabs you. And then, it, like, as you're still alive. Keep in mind, like, this doesn't kill you. This was not a killing stab to the face. This was simply, hey, I'm going to paralyze you temporarily. And then inject a bunch of fucking shit into your body. And then I'm going to let you go. And then three or four days later, you're still fucking alive. These other fucking baby wasps start eating you from the inside out until they become an adult and then do this fucking thing all over again. Yeah, it's not even that it lets it alive. So it drags the cockroach to its burrow by the antenna. So it uses the antenna as a leash, then lays the egg on it, and then buries it alive in the burrow. So it is just sitting there chilling out like, huh, something's eating me. Well, I guess I'll just keep laying here for several days. Eight days. Eight days is how long it's alive while it's eaten. And the larva knows to consume the organs in order, which maximizes the likelihood that the roach stays alive. What? They know exactly which organs to eat. You don't need a stomach. I mean, that's kind of, like, I, I know how to maximize my hamburger intake, so I can kind of understand these roaches. Yeah, but your hamburger isn't, like, (laughs) paralyzed and looking to run away. I mean, it could be. Maybe there's a fucking wasp inside there. I'm about to say, if your hamburger's trying to run away, it is too rare. How the fuck did these things evolve into, like, that? Like, why can't you just be, like, a normal fucking wasp and just not exist? (laughs) Interestingly, while a stung roach exhibits drastically reduced survival instincts, such as swimming or avoiding pain, for about 72 hours, motor abilities such as flight or flipping over are unimpaired. So it still knows how to move. It could still fly away if it wanted. It just doesn't know that it needs to. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. This is, this is chill. <laughs> it just it's just itches a little. The spot where my guts used to be itches. Huh, interesting. Hmm. I just, like, why? I wish there were roach doctors that could fucking fix this. Because, like, I don't want these wasps to fucking exist anymore. You just don't want these wasps to eventually go, you know, humans are just really big cockroaches. <laughs> I bet I could fuck one of them up. That is honestly a worry. It's like one day I'm just going to wake up in a fucking burrow with fucking shit like poking out of my stomach like fucking aliens. And Well, the worst is you'll look down and be like, oh, that's fine. Can I play <laughs> Spider-Man in here? Where's my PS4? But <laughs> be four days of some really good Spider-Man action. So, so the kind of messed up part. I, I know. I, I say that like after the we've kind already... of messed up I mean, part gone about this. the wasp that buries the roach alive. Mating only takes about a minute, and only one mating is necessary for a female wasp to successfully parasitize several dozen roaches. So they only need to fuck once, and then they can stab everything. They're like, I, I got. <sighs> I got my, I got the payload. I'm good to go. Like let's, let's roll, boys. Oh God, that is, that's the worst fucking. 
I don't want this wasp to ever fuck again. <laughs> the worst fucking. Like, this is horrible. They should make a Bug's Life 2 about this, but have the ants No! Absolutely not! No, the ants kill Never! the wasps, and then, you know, now they're dead in front of you, and, like, you get a good feeling in your tummy. <laughs> the entire movie is just watching that cockroach be eaten alive in the burrow. Like, the first five minutes is this cockroach, and it's a really cute cockroach to make it so kids aren't afraid of them anymore. And then this wasp fucking dive bombs this fucker and just fucks it up. And it's all, like, hard cuts of, like, fight scene. And then eventually just, like, really blurry and muffled sound as the cockroach is getting led away and buried. And then it just watches the egg eat it. That's the last hour and a half of the hour and 35-minute movie. <laughs> but that's good because no. children should fear wasps. I need a drink for that one. I need to learn how to CGI that shit. All right. Everybody pour one out for our cockroach homies. Pour one out into my mouth. <laughs> Where are we going from here? There's a lot of very generic pages we can go to, such as abdomen and organs. But we also have see also the tarantula hawk. The tarantula hawk, I think, is the one that that uh, takes over spiders. Oh, shit. Yeah, and it's fucking scary looking. Yeah, it hunts tarantulas. That is... Oh, man. <laughs> Imagine being a bug so big, you eat other big bugs. I, w- I want to fall down this hole and just see how deep oh, into the no. bug world this, can we get. This hole is terrible. A Bugs Life 3 tarantula hawk. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, a tarantula hawk is a spider wasp. I love that fucking sentence. <laughs> and boom, like we got our next link. Spider wasp. Duh. A, t- a tarantula hawk is neither of those things. It is neither a hawk nor... Oh man, there's tarantula hawk the band though? Oh fuck. That's fucking metal. I bet they sound so cool. So, uh, I just want to point out, tarantula hawk belongs to any of the many species in the genera Pepsis. You gotta get those Pepsis. I, I hate Pepsis. I'm more of a Coxis person. So they do the same thing, it looks like, except they just do it to fucking tarantulas instead. I don't... That's fucking hardcore. So here's a word I do not want to hear in my life. Brooding nest. I'm just gonna fucking paralyze you and drag you to my fucking brooding <laughs> nest, babe. If a woman came up and said that to me, I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> Adult tarantula hawks just... Uh, drink fruit nectar but they're known to drink, to eat fermented fruit which sometimes intoxicates them to the point that flight becomes difficult <laughs> yo shit. man these tarantula hawks are getting fucked up <laughs> I, man that's fucking cool as hell that these these bugs get drunk as shit then they go beat up a tarantula for no reason <laughs> drag it underground and fuck on its body until it dies I think we found, like, the most metal fucking bug in the world. Holy fuck. Oh my god, there's a whole section in here on the tarantula hawk sting. So, the tarantula hawks, relatively docile and rarely sting without provocation. But when they do sting, it is one of the most painful of all insects, though the intense pain only lasts about five minutes. With one researcher describing it as immediate, excruciating, unrelenting pain that simply shuts down one abil- one's ability to do anything except scream. Holy fuck. Mental discipline simply does not work in these situations. In terms of scale, 
The wasp's sting is rated near the top of the Schmidt Sting Pain Index, second only to that of the bullet ant. And I've heard about the bullet ant. It's called a bullet ant because it feels like getting shot. Okay, so it's not just an ant with a gun. It is the gun. Oh, oh my God. Oh, man. Could you imagine if you're like, dude, look at these fucking ants. They're fucking up my picnic. Get out of here. Get out of here. You're like smacking the ant around, and then all of a sudden it just feels like you got shot in the hand, and you have no idea why. Nuts. And you're like whoever you're out on the picnic with is like with is like, dude, what's wrong with you? And you're just rolling on the ground, crying and holding your hand, just screaming. Like, I, oh man, yeah. I wonder how that would feel. Bad, very like, bad. Like no, but like no, like if you feel like you got shot, then like you know, I mean, a flesh wound is pretty cute. Like, I've never been shot before. What's the worst? What is the most painful thing you've ever experienced? Shattered my leg. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I, All right, you uh, win. I, yeah, no, I uh, well, I was a dumb fucking kid. Was I mean, you know, nothing, nothing's changed. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't know. After playing Matt Hoffman's BMX biking, I'm like, man, I want to go do some bike tricks. Oh no. Uh, so I went up to I went on a camping trip in the fall with my family, and I found a ditch. I'm like, that's where I'm gonna do my tricks. And I tried it, and you know. Your first try, you're going to fall down. I'm like, that's fine. I'll get up and do it again. Because on the second time, maybe I'll get this. The second time, I did not. <laughs> and as I fall into this ditch, I hear all this like cracking and snapping. And I'm thinking, like, oh, it's just leaves. It's cool. And then like I lay out. And then like I stand up and then just completely crumple over. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And then I stand up again and then completely crumple again. I'm like, huh. And I look down and I see my right leg is completely fine. Turn my eyes to the left, and man, you want to talk about the most fucked up sequence that you will ever see in your like your life? <laughs> that's what my leg looked like, uh, and then that's when... everything pointing the wrong way. I assume yes. Uh, oh. One bone broke and went 180 degrees inside my leg without breaking the skin. That's impressive. Yeah, that is real impressive. I bet that did a lot of muscle damage. <laughs> yeah. Um. So after the shock wore off, I never, oof, thank God we were like at the hospital already when it did, because that sucked. <laughs> but yeah, so I had to get surgery on it, so now I have three bolts in my leg for the rest of my life and a really gnarly scar. So next time I see you guys, I'll show it to you. Okay, cool. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Getting shot by a fucking hawk. That's not even a bird. The U.S. state of New Mexico chose a species of tarantula hawk, specifically P. formosa, in 1989 to become its official state insect. Hey, New Mexico. Fuck you. (laughs) I didn't even know a state insect was a thing. Its selection was prompted by a group of elementary school children from Edgewood doing research on states that had adopted state insects. So some other dumbass states adopted state insects, and fucking children in New Mexico went... We want to have a state insect. Let's find the dumbest motherfucker alive. <laughs> and they chose the tarantula hawk. Oh, my God. There's a fucking picture of the stinger. Oh, God. that thing. That's big. Oh. That's a big boy. <laughs> That's a big pointy boy. Bad. That, like... that just looks menacing. I wonder what the fuck is wrong with the children in New Mexico. Be like, man, check out this fucking thing. It's like getting shot. That should be our state bird. Hell yeah. (laughs) Welcome to New Mexico. Our state insect wants you to die. (laughs) Well, I mean, it is in the middle of, like, the desert, so. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's like, if you're here, just die. (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe that could be Applebee's new slogan too. <laughs> just die. No wait. Who is it that's if you're here, your family? Is that Olive Garden? Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay, so if you're here, just die. Well, I mean that's good like you know, now Applebee's can fight Olive Garden without having to like actually, you know, send out champions. Oh god. That's that's what I want. I want to watch like managers of those restaurants get into fist fights. I want yeah, Gladiator Battle, Applebee's versus Little Caesars versus You could probably have like a sixteen restaurant bracket of all the bullshit, boring as hell family theme like family oriented chain restaurants that are all identical. Like one corner of the bracket is just gonna be Applebee's, Ruby Tuesdays, uh Fridays. How scary would that be? Just like this bloody fucking Chuck E. Cheese rushing at you with like a fucking crowbar. Just like, man. All those fucking animatronic insects, or not insects, animatronic guys (laughs) like slowly walking behind him towards you. And you're like, I need to end this fight quick or I'm going to get overwhelmed. So before we go, we're at the end of the article, but at the bottom there's external links and there's only one. And it is instantaneous, electrifying, excruciating pain. <laughs> Book excerpt from entomologist Justin O. Schmidt. I'm click- good. <laughs> I'm good. I clicked on it. Thank you. And it's the story of a man who got stung for science. <laughs> Great. I love it. What a good scientist. I'm going to buy this after this podcast. <laughs> and nice. that's a list of dumb bullshit Eric buys on the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to start a GoFundMe to buy me this book. <laughs> All right. What are we jumping to from here? The Schmidt Sting Pain Index. The Schmidt Sting Pain Index. Yep. I'm a, yeah. I'm into that. Oh, it's mainly the work of that asshole who got stung and wrote a book about it. <laughs> this dude's got four levels of pain. This is oh man, I am I'm in for this. It is mainly the work of Justin O. Schmidt, born 1947, an entomologist at the Carl Hayden B Research Center in Arizona. Schmidt has published a number of papers on the subject and claims to have been stung by the majority of the stinging hymenoptera. Great. <laughs> Okay, so the index starts with zero for stings that are completely ineffective against humans, progresses through two, a familiar pain such as a common bee or a wasp sting, and finished at four for the most painful stings. Damn, like, because getting stung by a fucking bee and a wasp and shit sucks. If that's a level two, fuck a level four. Holy shit. Bullet ants and tarantula hawks were the only species to attain four, I guess. An entry in The Straight Dope reported that, quote, implausibly exact numbers, which do not appear in any of Schmidt's public scientific papers, were wheedled out of him by Outside for a ma- magazine for an article it published in 1996. Wheedled out of him. That means they got him drunk and convinced him to start, like, more specifically labeling stuff. <laughs> oh, thank God they break this down into the different pain levels. What the fuck? Schmidt has described the sting of the white-faced bee, categorized into pain level one as, quote, almost pleasant. A lover just bit your earlobe a little too hard. <laughs> also rated into pain level one, Schmidt has described the sting of the sweat bee as light, ephemeral, almost fruity. A tiny spark has singed a single hair on your arm. What? Is this dude, like... I've been bit by a sweat bee. That doesn't feel good. I don't even know what a sweat bee is. And also, like, did this dude, like, fail out of fucking wine reviews and decide to go to this? <laughs> like, Jesus, what the fuck? Yo, this yes. guy is probably a Light, blast. ephemeral, almost fruity. <laughs> Hi, my name's Justin Schmidt, and this is... 
Bitopedia? Yeah, good bit by this brooch and wasp. Taste a little vanilla, creamy. Schmidt sets the sting of the Western honeybee at a pain level two to be the anchoring value, basing all categorization of other stings on that. Okay, yeah, I mean, getting stung by a honeybee sucks. Fuck yellow the yellow jacket is a is a pain level two. The sting of a termite raiding ant categorized as pain level two has similar feeling as quote the debilitating pain of a migraine conti- contained in the tip of your finger. Ooh, that doesn't sound fun. The yellow jacket sting was described as being hot and smoky, almost irreverent. Imagine W.C. Fields extinguishing a cigar on your tongue. It's oddly specific, but okay. It's very specific. Yep, I'm, I'm going back to the failed wine now. <laughs> oh, no! Some ants are rated at a pain level 3, including the giant bull ant and the maricopa harvester ant. Schmidt considered the sting of the maricopa harvester ant as having a pain level of 3, describing it as such. After eight unrelenting hours of drilling into that ingrown toenail, you find the drill wedged into the toe. Oh, oh no. Sh- pain level four. Schmidt describes the sting of the warrior wasp as torture. You are chained in the flow of an active volcano. Why did I start this list? <laughs> Saying the pain lasts up to two hours. No. Holy fuck. Because, like, that five minutes of pure fucking pain sounds like an eternity. Two fucking hours. Oh. Two hours of pain that he likened to being chained in the flow of volcano. What the fuck is a warrior wasp? God damn. I don't want to know about it because that increases the likelihood I encounter it. That's how I feel. <laughs> I don't know shit about it. I can't I can't ever see it. That's how that right, works. Right, but then, like, if you know about it, then you know what to look out for. And you're like, hey, warrior wasp, go fuck yourself. And then you do a 360 and we walk away. You know what would happen if any of us saw any of the bugs on this list. We'd be like, hey, was that that bug that I saw on that list? I'm not, I don't remember. It doesn't look, ow, yes, yes, ow. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Pain is an advertisement of damage to the body, but molecules that produce pain and those that are toxic and actively cause damage are not the same. That makes sense. Although the painful signal acts as a deterrent, intelligent predators will learn the dishonesty of this signal with repeated exposure, that there is no real damage being done. That's why you see, like, when bears are just fucking going to town on a beehive, and you see them occasionally, uh. like, like jerk back, they're like, fuck, that hurts. And they're yeah. like, I, I know it's not actually hurting me. I'm going to eat your entire fucking house, dude. I'm going to fucking crazy. eat your house. Hell Yeah. <laughs> You could eat a house, though, would you? It depends on how good the house is. What about, like, a house that could turn to chocolate when you touch it? Like, it's Midas' touch, but it's only in your house. What? Well, that would suck, then. Like, if you fall over, and they're like, oops, there goes my wall. Like, <laughs> Oh, fuck. my PS4 is made of chocolate now. <laughs> well, I mean, that technically wouldn't count as part of the house. That would be an item inside the house. Oh, yeah, that's how I was taking... That's how I was interpreting what you were saying. Oh. No, that, that's what I meant, that, like... While no. you're in your house, anything you touch will turn to chocolate. Oh, that's, like... That's terrible. That's like Twilight Zone, man. Don't 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 put that juju on me. Can't jerk off. <laughs> no! No! I can only jerk off outside my house. <laughs> That's illegal. Well, here like, I go again on my own. <laughs> oh, I saw some of these videos. The Schmidt Sting Pain Index was used in 2015 as the basis for YouTube personality Coyote Peterson to conduct a series of self-induced insect stings on his Brave Wilderness channel. 
I remember seeing like he took some fucking like tweezers and picked up uh, the tarantula hawk and basically just shoved it at his arm repeatedly until it stung him. Oh my god! Yeah, I remember seeing that going. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? And you you see that he has like a minute of like a, not even a minute, like five seconds of clear mental thought, and he manages to put the tarantula hawk back in its little container. Oh jeez. And then he just, like, collapses on the ground in a circle. And he's just, like, rolling and kicking around for several minutes and just going, like, ah, ah. I want to see this video. <laughs> in fall of 2018, Peterson took what he said will be his final sting from Polistes carnifex, also known as the Executioner Wasp. Oh. The pain lasted for approximately 36 hours. With residual effects lasting almost a week. Holy shit. Additionally, the venom appeared to have necrotic properties. As Peterson said, the venom destroyed a small area of tissue around the sting site in his left forearm and left him with a permanent scar, something no other insect he has voluntarily taken a sting from had done. Okay, but so does that mean that there are insects that he had, that he involuntarily taken a sting from that has done that to him? I guess we need to reach out to this dude and ask him now uh, excuse me sir we have questions about your <laughs> dumb stinging yeah how many of them fucked you up how many of them permanently damaged your dumb ass body tell us all the times you intentionally and accidentally got stung by shit that fucking broke you best regards <laughs> whiskeypedia what if you know what no never mind I was going to say, like, what if I actually sent him an email? You, you should. Shit like this we want to follow up on, we can do that. We can email people and be like, hey, I record a podcast, and we read about you, and holy shit, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, I need you to email him. Do you need me to email Coyote Peterson? Yes. Yes. You got a Wikipedia email address? Fuck it. I'm yeah. too drunk right now to write an email. <laughs> well, I'm not no, not right, right now. now. Oh, okay. Holy fuck. <laughs> Eric, I barely want you to talk right now, let alone send emails on behalf of the Whiskeypedia team. Y'all ever heard a podcast? Well, I got some questions for you. Listen, Bugs. have you heard of the commuter rail and whiskey? Oh, no. oh, I got some words to say about that. Let me tell you. Well, not today you don't. All right, where are we going from here? Well, now I kind of want to see what his final sting was, uh, known as the Executioner Wasp. I mean, do you want to go on to just look at Coyote Peterson? Or do you want to look at the Executioner Wasp? Oh, well, that's what I said. So we can do the Polystheus Carnifex, also known as the Executioner Wasp, which I want to look into because that sounds fucking scary as fuck. I'm okay if we don't look at the Executioner Wasp, but I'm also okay <laughs> if we do. Uh, I feel Is like... this just going to be bug talk? Or we could just go to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're either going to the executioner wasp or to youtube which one do we want to have a good time or a bad time i'm always having a bad time i'm voting executioner wasp <laughs> all right we'll do the wasp hell yeah <laughs> oh man all right so okay, number one i'm really upset because there are no pictures of an executioner wasp but that could also be super cool because it's so fucking pissed off and shitty that nobody has been able to take a picture of it before i mean i'm sure if we actually like look at coyote peterson's youtube page he probably has it somewhere there i'm sure yeah they are big enough that sometimes they bring back whole ass caterpillars to the nest holy shit these species tend to live between 6 and 18 months. Oh, man. That's a long time for any bug. I 
I do not want to outlive a bug like that. Like, if you're sitting in your house, I can't leave my house now for 6 to 18 months because this fucker's outside my door. Do you know what that means, Eric? Like, you could go out, it's springtime, it's a nice day, you're going to have a walk, and you can get fucking stung in the neck by this wasp, and it ruins your fucking spring, and it could do it again next year. The same wasp. <laughs> Just hanging outside like, I know that that fuck is hanging out in there. I've got, oh, he's going to come back out a year from now. I'm, yeah. I'm not moving from this spot ever. <laughs> he's just like, hey, Eric, I'm back. <laughs> oh, fuck. Fuck. Fuck bees. Fuck wasps. You're the one that wanted fuck. to come here, asshole. It's a morbid curiosity. <laughs> You're like, this is as close as I ever want to be. Yep. I want to read about it in my bedroom, and I never want to encounter it. This is why I never want to leave my house. <laughs> but now I know, because like, if I hear that buzzing outside, I'm like, man, fuck that. Well, hey, work, I can't come in for a year. <laughs> why? And you just take a video of it. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, fuck, yeah. No. Just, just we'll a <laughs> single bee just floating around. Just... It's just like <laughs> strafing in front of the window. I can't, I can't go into work, guys. It's just like hanging out in front of the window looking directly at you. Like maintaining eye contact. <laughs> and they're like, just go out the back door. And you're like, okay. So you take a video and you go to the back door and it just comes into view. <laughs> Waves with a single arm. And you're like, no. <laughs> this motherfucker's got heat tracking in my house. That's <laughs> like the predator of bees. Fuck. <laughs> it's like, Eric, it's been all, it's been a whole year. Like, winter just ended. And you're like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Adaptations. Adaptations include mandibles and teeth. Oh no, it has teeth? <laughs> oh yeah! How the fuck does oh, it have teeth? Bugs and teeth. This is why I'm so glad we're going down this fucked up shithole, man. Oh my god. Holy shit. It keeps saying everywhere that it's large, but I haven't seen anything specifically saying like how large it is. Oh, the maximum size of a nest is nine centimeters. One nest, which one? Nine centimeters in diameter. Yeah. That's not that big. Yeah, that's very One small. nest, which uh, once emerges... And one emergence at a minimum occurred had an average length of 27.8 millimeters. That sentence is really hard to parse. Yeah. It might just be that I'm drunk. But there's also, like, each nest only has 4 to 13 individuals. So it's not wow. like this. It's not like these massive wasp nests that are, like, 5 bajillion wasps flying around stuff. It's just, like, a handful of them. Okay, so I, I think what they're saying by the emergence is, like, the exit to the nest that they're on average about 28 millimeters, so that on average the door is an inch. The that's door. pretty big, because bugs yeah. can fit through some tiny holes. Yeah. It's interesting that it's such a small nest, too, Like it's that it's only like a dozen, like well, you said. Well, I mean, they're so fucking pissed off. Like, you know, do you really want to have like a billion fucking roommates? It actually says, despite its size, it is a relatively non-aggressive insect. It's just like, you know what? Don't start nothing, won't be nothing. But, I mean, like, look at me. I step outside and it's starting something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that is definitely considered an aggressive action. You forcing anyone to look at you. Interesting. The female workers can mate and lay eggs. That's pretty uncommon for bees. Usually it's just the queen. That means that they're self-sufficient, man. They're learning how to fucking live. That's why the fucking scared of them. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they cannot be trusted. <laughs> They've gained a sense of, of independence that cannot be dealt with. Because, like, okay, so, like, you know, you got a bunch of these fucking bees hanging outside of your ass and trying to go to fucking work. Like, my first thought process would be, like, okay, if there are a bunch of bees, if I put on, like, a crown, I can come out and be like, hello, I am the king of the fucking nest and get the fuck out of here. And be like, oh, shit, that's a really big fucking bee with a crown. We shouldn't be around here. And then they leave. No, that's not what's going to happen. But They're going to be like, is this motherfucker making fun of us? <laughs> <laughs> is he making fun of the queen? Fuck him up, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it also said that it's not been observed that any parasite has successfully like taken over these so all the parasites we read about before that like would take over flying insects and bugs and stuff yeah. don't seem to be able to affect them probably just because they're too goddamn big oh so like maybe not enough uh venom and toxin can work their way to for like a full takeover one point worth noting is that not all nests contained a female with well-developed ovaries Another interesting point is as follows. In a study in Colombia, 29 foraging wasps were observed returning to a particular nest with 25 loads of nectar, 3 loads of macerated prey, and 1 of nest-building pulp. When a foraging wasp arrived, the highest-ranking wasp present demanded food and then both fed the larva. Each wasp pushed its head into a cell, drummed on the walls with its antenna, and then deposited the food. The drumming noise could be heard a meter away. What? Holy fuck. That's fucked up. I hate this. These dr- these bees know how to play the drums. It's Blue Man Group, but bees. Oh, <laughs> fuck. So it has an fuck. interesting feeding setup. Someone found one of these wasps with a large caterpillar and chewed it up and made half of it into a ball. Picked up that ball, hovered around for a few seconds, then circled several times around the place until uh, it flew off. But then it was able to return later and was able to quickly find where that the rest of it was. Which means that they're able to remember, like, they remember where they put things, basically. They do. This is a really weirdly written, and, like, this whole page is written really This weirdly. page is very clearly written by, like, three people that actually give a shit about it. Let's take a look at the history, see how many people have edited it. I want to edit it and write it in Eric English. There's only three or four people that have edited it, and most of them appear to be just like um, like grammar fixes. One of the usernames is Bin Laden is my king. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Man, there's a deep, dark web of Wikipedia that I'm not aware of. Holy shit. Yeah, it looks like if you go back to when this this page was first created, there was like four people that were doing all the editing. Man. So that's probably what it was. There's just one or two people that actually give a fuck about it and put all the info there, and everybody else is just like cleaning it up for style. Interesting, like occasionally the nests were found close to the close to nests of another species of wasp, and sometimes those other wasps were found in their nest. I mean, was there any, like, territorialness to it? Or No, it looks like no. You know what? There you go. Bugs Life 4. Block parties. They're all just getting drunk, because, like, they have those other wasps from earlier that just get drunk, so, like, they teach these other dudes how to do it, and then they learn. And since they remember where they put shit, they're never going to lose their keys, which means that now they can steal their dad's car and go to Spring Break 92. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I can't believe I fucking pulled that off. Holy shit. Oh, man. Also, I like that all of the external links are to Coyote Peterson talking about the sting. 
<laughs> stung by an executioner wasp. Worst sting on earth? The last sting? Those are all of the external links. These are amazing. You're going to wake up tomorrow super hungover and be like, why do I have links to YouTube videos of a dude getting stung by bees? I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be like, man, Drunk Eric is awesome. (laughs) You'll find like your computer desktop has just changed to a really low resolution picture of a tarantula and hawk spread out. And you'll be like, what the fuck is that? What happened? All right, where are we going from here? Is there any chance we can go somewhere that doesn't involve bugs? I think the answer is no. Asian giant hornet. There's like random stuff in here that's like randomly linked. Like, for instance, the word uh, gelatinous. What? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why that? It really wanted us to know what gelatinous meant. Okay. Or ephemeral. Conspecific. What the fuck? Antenna. Ridges. <laughs> Ridges. I, I like the idea of going to uh, ephemeral just because I really want to hear Eric try to pronounce all the different conjugations of ephemeral. I don't even know what that word means. It's the concept of things being temporary, transitory. So is that like ghosts? No. <laughs> Let's go to that word. All right, we're going to ephemeral ephemerality oh man this is like relaxing videos like check out this creek over here like that the term ephemeral is usually used to describe objects found in nature though it can describe a wide range of things including human artifacts intentionally made to last for only a temporary period in order to increase their perceived aesthetic value that's like the movie time cop yep no Ephemerality usually used is used to refer to just like natural stuff like nature, trees, stuff like that. But it can also refer to human things. Like brine shrimp, apparently. What? Brine shrimp? <laughs> I don't know. It's what it's, it's one of them. Where does where did you see that? Under biological yep, biological processes. processes, yep. I want to go to brine shrimp. <laughs> oh, it's because they have like super, super short lifespans, that's why. Like the mayfly. It's the mayfly. The mayfly, doesn't it live for like a day and a half or something? Oh, that fucking sucks. Imagine being born in the winter. Oh, that would fucking suck donkey balls. Like, man, this is cold. Well, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> I guess all of existence is cold. But no, I think the, the mayflies are, aren't they one of those bugs that like only hatches in huge quantities every couple years? I don't know. Like the, like, the buzzy... Yes, the buzzies, Eric. The buzzies. Well, no, well, people... Locusts, that was... was that locusts, locusts, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, is locusts, yeah. How every couple of years, just a shitload of them are born, and then they all fucking die. Yeah, that's the buzzies. Yeah, I remember uh, when the uh, days the Indians, Cleveland Indians played, uh, there was actually a large locust infestation at the park. Oh, no. That's fucking wild. Holy so, like, shit. they were playing, and all these fucking locusts are just, like, swarming <laughs> them. There's probably like eight people in the stands too. Oh yeah, I'm sure everyone's like, "Fuck this!" Can't you just like go to a different place and play? Like, can you just rent? Where are they gonna play? Where Where the fuck are they know. gonna play? Eric? There's indoor baseball parks. During the Baroque period, wealthy patrons would commission ephemeral creations from well-known artists of the time. These creations, often very expensive and time-consuming, were typically only used during one event before being dismantled or destroyed. Damn, one what? such work was the temporary volcano created by Giandrezzo Bernini before the Barberini family. 
the volcano placed on the predecessor to the Spanish steppes, took three months to create and was destroyed in a fireworks display over the course of an hour. Oh, so that's kind of like Burning Man then, like with uh, build up that giant fucking dude and then they light him on fire, but it's not yeah, like... Yeah, that's ephemeral. Like, ah. <laughs> There's a quote in here of, the concept of ephemerality is a relative one. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what do you think is temporary? Is something that only lasts a year temporary? Is something that lasts 10 years temporary? Is something that lasts 100 years temporary? That's what it means. Then, like, over time, like, everything is... Everything's temporary. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Really good try, Eric. A for effort. (laughs) You tried to sound serious. You tried to use the word in a sentence. And you were even using it in the right place. You just couldn't... Just couldn't put it all together. I tried, all right. <laughs> Actually, so there is something interesting here called ephem- ephemera. Ephemeral film. Okay. Uh, film made by a particular sponsor for a specific purpose other than as a work of art may be called an ephemeral film because the film can- itself can continue to exist after the social commercial context for its creation has disappeared. Okay, so, I mean, like, that's saying... Stuff like uh, promotional videos, for example. I'm just pulling pulling up a bad example in my head. Like a promotional video for a concert. Yeah, yeah. Think of all the MTV promotional stuff you saw for Spring Break in the 90s. Spring Break? All that video still exists. (laughs) Like, you could go into MTV's, like, media headquarters, and they'll be like, yeah, we can pull up all the commercial spots for, like, Coolio performing at Spring Break 95. Why the fuck do you want that? Because it'd be kind of cool to look back on, Because it's fucking ephemeral, man. Can we petition MTV to just create MTV Spring Break Channel, and all it does all year is just play old Spring Break content? Yeah. I would... You know what? I would pay a premium for that. You would pay, like, $4, Eric, for that. (laughs) You can't even buy your own computer chair. (laughs) I would go fund me the premium channel MTV Spring Break. (laughs) You'd go fund me not for your your subscription to it, but for the co- entire channel to exist. <laughs> yeah. That would be a good Twitch I, channel. Like, you know, Twitch Bob Ross. Just Twitch MTV yeah. Spring Break. I should email MTV and ask them. People can vote every month on what year they want to watch. <laughs> That'd be fucking cool. That is a good idea. All right. Uh, we could probably hit up one more article before we finish. Um, we could look at Death Valley. Death Valley. Oh, yeah. I heard there was a lot of interesting things there actually before we jump there we could talk about death valley and yeah in the context of ephemerality of yeah so there's the enderhaic basin or closed basin which contains a playa or playa playa (laughs) (laughs) or dry lake at its drainage low point it can be ephemeral lake because there's uh actually a picture uh, on the right, where it kind of talks about a lake being formed at Badwater within Death Valley National Park during the unusual wet winter and spring of 20- 2005. There is actually a small lake there, and some people fucking, like, temporarily built this goddamn, like, little walkway across it. Like, yeah. Like, as if it's some sort of pier, and it's like, I'm pretty sure that lake is actually, like, maybe a foot deep. Well, I bet you that like any time there's an unusual wet, unusually wet winter or spring, that that lake pops back up. So that dock walk area might be there all the time. 
Maybe. But the cool thing about Badwater is it is, I believe, the uh, lowest point in the United States. It's like a couple hundred feet below sea level. Hmm. And it's less than 100 miles away from Mount Whitney, which is the highest point in the contiguous United States. Goes from very high to very low. There used to be an ultra marathon where you started at Badwater and ran all the way to the mountain and ran all the way up the mountain. Hey, that's fucked up. Let's not do that. All right, so yeah, let's check out Death Valley. That'll be uh, that'll be the last thing we do tonight. So we go from bugs Death to the desert. Valley. We did not go far. <laughs> Most of these bugs are found in the desert. Uh, Death Valley National Park is an American national park that straddles the California-Nevada border east of the Sierra Nevadas. The park boundaries include Death Valley, the northern section of Panamint Valley, the southern section of Eureka Valley, and most of Saline Valley. The second lowest point in the western hemisphere is Badwater Basin, which is 282 feet below sea level, so I was right. It's the largest national park in the lower 48 states, and the hottest, driest, and lowest of all national parks in the U.S. Oh, very nice. Great. It sounds awful. I hate it. Valleys filled with sediment and during wet times of glacial periods with lakes such as Lake Manly. Hell yeah, we're going down to Lake it's so Manly. I'm going, to, <laughs> I'm going to Manly. I can swim real fast, but only in Lake Manly. <laughs> wow, it's three. It's over three million acres in size. Three million? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very big. That is extremely big. Death Valley National Park was designated as a dark sky park by the international dark sky association that is a fucking horrifying name for an association <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it has to do with like light pollution oh yeah like i'm sure yeah, there's, there's okay. a legit reason for that but just like the international dark sky association like that sounds like some sort of like villain group in some stupid movie it sounds like some eco-terrorist group that wants to, like, force everyone to turn off their lights every night, everywhere, all the time. The Dark Sky! <laughs> How would they fight, though? Like, reverse flash? They just turn off the lights and run away. <laughs> Listen, they've evolved. They've adapted very, very weak uh, infrared vision. That's how they fight. I got a question, though. Like, how would a reverse flashlight work? Uh, it sucks all the light up. Makes everything darker. Next question. Uh, yep, I was correct. Mount Whitney is 85 miles west and rises up to 14,505 feet. This is a huge fucking place, man. Yeah, it's big. So, we all know Death Valley is fucking hot as shit. So, How hot does it get? Yeah, though? there's a little thing below it under climate. And the record high in July was 134 degrees. Ooh. Holy fuck. This temperature stands as the highest ambient air temperature ever recorded on the surface of the Earth. Oh my god. Holy shit. Daily summer temperatures of 120 degrees or higher are common, as well as below freezing nightly temperatures in the winter. The average low in July is 88. Average low. The low. Isn't this where, like, fucking... The fucking... Burning Man is? Yeah. How do people survive out there? They bring a lot of water. Jeez. I mean, when is Burning Man? I don't know, but I'm going to guess it's not in the summer. <laughs> Cowards. <laughs> because, like, the average, like, low in, like, November is 48, and in December it's 38. So, like, it could get pretty cold. 
You know, honestly, no, like, winter doesn't seem too bad. I could deal with winter there. Like, December and January, the average high is around 66, the average low is around 38 to 40, and even the record high is not even 90 degrees. Wow. I wonder if there is a section on Burning Man here. I would guess there are. There's huge sections on, um, yeah, there's a human history section which talks about, like, early inhabitants, transient population, tourism... Let's see. I, like I said, I bet there's something about Burning Man here. Activities. Parts of, in 1977, parts of Death Valley were used by director George Lucas as filming location for Star Wars. Yep, makes sense. Providing the setting for the fictional planet Tatooine. Tatooine. Yeah. Oh, man, we could go into a Star Wars hole. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be here all night. Oh, they did a lot of mining there in the late 1800s. So there's a town called Skidoo, and I feel like that's part of a saying. 22, 23 Skidoo. Yeah! I don't know what it means. I can't elaborate further. I just knew what you were talking about. Like, what is... Oh, man. I'll have to look this up later. Oh, God, I hate learning things. I'm on this stupid podcast now. I'm, like, doing research outside. <laughs> I was like, I was just hovering right over again. the link, and I just wanted to point out Skidoo is a, virtually, is a virtual ghost town. Ooh. Registered Ooh, as a historic place. Ghost towns are cool. You know what that means if it's a virtual ghost town? Somebody still fucking lives there. It's too spoopy. Soon the valley was a popular winter destination. Why? Oh, Herbert Hoover was the one who declared a national monument in and around Death Valley, setting aside two million acres. That's a lot of space for a fucking desert. It is. It's a lot. Gone were the days of the single blanket jackass prospector. Single blanket jackass prospector. Holy fuck. That is my new title. (laughs) Yeah, I know that they did a lot of mining in the area, and there's still mines that are just sitting around. I guess the last mine in the park closed in 2005. It was a borax mine. A borax mine? Yeah, no, it seems like borax was the most common thing to be uh, mined there for a long time. What the fuck is bor- borax? Uh, it's used in soap. That's about all I know. Huh. Because well, I always thought that uh, soap was just like fucking animal fat, like boiled or something. I mean, it is now, but back in the day it was like borax was a cleaner, I think. Oh, wow. And then they did some mining for copper, gold, lead, and silver. What is this fucking story sitting here? In December 1903, two men from Ballarat were prospecting for silver. One was an out-of-work Irish miner named Jack Keane, and the other was an old, a one-eyed Basque butcher named Domingo Echaran. Quite by accident, Keane discovered an immense ledge of free-milling gold by the duo's worksite and named the claim the Keane Wonder Mine. This started a minor and short-lived gold rush. <laughs> Outright shams such as Leadville also occurred. Leadville. But most ventures quickly ended up ended after a short series of prospecting mines failed to yield evidence of significant ore. Man, that must have been, that must have sucked. Like, you go, oh shit, and then you just fucking build out this giant fucking mine. It's like, man, I dumped, like, my life savings into this. And then it's just like, yeah, you didn't get shit. Go fuck yourself. God, yeah, that's the worst thing. Like, if you're the person who's first out there, they're like, dude, there's all sorts of fucking gold and shit. Come out here. Everybody comes out there, they're yeah. like, I'll sell you these claims. I'll sell you this land. Sells the land. And then it's like, where are you going? Home? There ain't shit out here. Suckers. All right. I think that is just about it overall. Yep. I think we are good to go then. So what did we start on again? Some bug? Uh, that fucking parasite bug. Oh, yeah. The parasite. Yeah. And 
basically progressed through several other similar bugs. Each getting worse. Then we made a big jump over to ephemerality. Yeah, yeah ephemerality. That a big that's a big jump from bugs to philosophy and then Death Valley. Little little bit of a little bit of a hike, but you know, I think we made it work. A little bit of a hike in the national park. Thanks, Tyler. Yep, Great no job. problem, guys. Oh man. I have a very I, I figured out uh what why twenty three could do exists. Oh good. Is it alright if I talk about it on the podcast? Let's do I actually it. think this is kind Let's of interesting because it. it ties into the town of Skidoo. Because you were saying that it was actually a virtual ghost town. And 23 Skidoo uh, stands for Getting Out While the Getting's Good. Uh, it was uh, incorporated huh. uh, during the early 20th century. Uh, so that kind of makes sense, though, because if it was a virtual ghost town, that means that everybody got their, you know, whatever was left in that town, and they just fucking booked it out of there, and now nobody lives there anymore. That makes sense. It's probably 1923. The people who left Skidoo at that point didn't lose all their money, and I bet anybody who stayed after that did. Yeah. All right. I don't need to learn anything else today. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you have hit your allotted one learning. The learning has been completed. Great. Well... Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, Tyler, Eric, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. 23 Skidoo. What does that have to do with anything?